Welcome to the How to Raise Money podcast for anyone who wants to raise other people's money for a business or property venture. Right now, there has never been more money on the planet and there has never been more opportunity. This podcast will help you put the two together. So, if you need money for your business or property proposals from banks, lenders, angels, whales or dragons, this is the podcast for you. Yeah. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the How to Raise Money podcast with me, Ray McLennan. And me, Chief Waffler, Nigel T. Best. <laughs> Raymondo, come on, how the devil are you? How the devil are you? Um, talking about waffles, uh, I made a Belgian waffle this morning. How I also, was he? I also made a Frenchman oh, talk right. to bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very oh, good. Very we're good. away at the races, and we're off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, I was going to say, right, it, it, it feels, I don't know, I, I feel a little uncertain at the moment as to everything that's going on. And I do feel, you know, there there are forces at play that are seemingly trying to undermine me. So I am, I am going out to the universe to try and get some positive vibes to have, as Dolly Parton would say, uh, when the tide's going to turn and it's all going to, you know, Blow my way or whatever she says in <laughs> nine to five. So I'm waiting for that. Mm-hmm. So how's it going with you? Yeah, well, similar. This this tide is going to lift all boats, I think, when the tide finally turns. But um yeah, yeah, interesting. It's you know, we're into now what the second month of the year. Um that's already out the way. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. We're all shaking our heads here. How how does it time go so fast? But it seems to it just seems to do that. Um, and things, well, things, yeah, there's no no denying things have slowed down uh, generally. Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, I was on a phone call this morning from, from a guy, and he's been trying to deal with a man in the council about property and about planning and various other things. And he said, he said to me, he's not back at work yet. He's still, he's still working from home. Apparently, he's got long COVID. He said, not only has he got long COVID, but he's now got a long drive off the 18th. He said, because he he's just seems to be permanently playing golf. I mean, <laughs> how do you know? Clearly, he's, you know, public sector workers, and and I'm sure there are a lot that are very good, but it seems to be when you look at the statistics of public sector workers versus private sector workers who's been affected by this whole lockdown, the private sector workers have been grossly affected by uh, lack of income. And the public sector workers seem to have been grossly affected by long COVID. <laughs> Which... Yeah, Ray, I, I was listening to the radio today um, and my stupid Tesla uh, in terms of uh, software not working, you know, you couldn't change the radio channel. So I'm listening to this person who's come on, who's done research to show that everyone should be entitled to work where they want, how they want. And the person was sort of saying, well, how's that meant to work? Said, well, what do you mean they work in their own style? Well, they have to think as to the best way that they can work and then they adopt that style. And it was like this where, I mean, any sensible interviewer would have just said, all right, who did you ask for this? Who are you being sponsored by? Because this is garbage. Because (laughs) he came back, he came back with this stat saying, Oh yeah, um, everyone wants to work from home, and and if I was an interviewer, I'd say, okay, where's that from? You know, mm. so give me the source, give me the evidence for that. They didn't. They then this woman then said, look, 
I'm, I'm a bit nervous about this because you're saying everyone should work from home uh, or in, in a manner that they see fit, i.e. they don't work, basically. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, we're telling our kids to get off the screen and get out and meet people face to face. Mm -hmm. And yet you're saying for your working life, you should be able to work from wherever you want and basically not interact. Oh, well, he said. 50% of people who work in offices say they are lonely and isolated. And I just, you'd immediately jump in and go, where's that research from? Yeah, exactly, or is yeah. it another one of the 83.2% of all statistics that are made up? <laughs> uh, you know, it, it was utter crap. And, and then she just said, right, this is promoting a lot of people calling in. And um, yeah, these people were saying, I've been told I've got to work from home. And, and I wait until the kids come home from school to talk to someone mm. because I've got to be in my bedroom on a computer doing it. I said it is driving me nuts. And yeah. I just thought, God, there's some people out there who are just telling us utter rubbish as to how we should live our lives and stuff. When, you know, it, it, uh, uh, Ray, What's, I'm exasperated. I mean, you, you mentioned a good it, point. It's there, weird. But, uh, it's weird. A good when point I, about journalists. No, hang on, Ray. When when I used to do corporate life in offices, it was always something like sixty percent of people met their future spouse at mm. work. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, they don't go out to work anymore. They don't go out, you know, to drink or clubbing or anything else like that. They <laughs> do it by swiping up, down, left, or right, or whatever. And then they happen to find someone who is a catfish or something and they, they don't have electricity because they use gas lights and you know they end up being stabbed to death in some horrible <laughs> lured in scam thing it's a, folks get back to the office get yeah. back to your workplace get out there you know you made a good point there about the journalists not questioning they don't seem to, even on TV, they don't seem to question. They don't sort of say, well, where did you hear that from or whatever? And your point about, you know, who's sponsoring you. Why don't these people that come on, why don't they wear a jacket? You know, like the, the racing drivers. And, it's, and it shows you their sponsors all over it. You know, we should, we should have that. That's what I quite like to see. Someone's coming on and bleating about climate change or bleating about the, the economy. All right, okay. Um, you've got a badge on that says you're sponsored by, you know, the Bank of England or you're sponsored by you know, MasterCard or whatever, because that generally is the thing. So somebody saying that, they're very rarely saying that off their own bat. There's usually, you know, a, 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 I hate to use the word an agenda, but there does seem to be, when you look right across the board, there does seem to be that, you know, with all the farmers things that's going on and all the rest of it, it does make you sit up and think. And I, I, I think, personal opinion, more, many more people, statistics I don't have to hand, but many more people are starting to question all of this and say, well, hang on a minute, you know, something, something ain't quite right here. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark. And it absolutely is. It is. Um, it is trust, right? It's trust, isn't it? Mm. I, I think this has been highlighted time after time when they're, they're talking, who are you going to vote for? And the immediate reaction is, I don't trust any of them. Yeah. That seems to be one of the general sort of opinions uh, as to, you know, well, they don't seem to do what they say they're going to do, um, apart from cheese and nibbles uh, mm -hmm. or whatever it is, cheese and wine parties or or whatever it might be. But I was looking at, you know, why is no one? We've got record high gambling addictions and calls to the uh, helplines, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, you know, it's all a bit of a nightmare for people. I was thinking, why don't people 
sort of say, look, we need to cancel all this. We got rid of smoking adverts. We got rid of sort of drinking adverts or whatever. Why, why aren't we, why are we permanently advertising fast food and gambling to our society? And then you have a look at the MPs who get sponsored or receive money from gambling organizations. And folks, the last one I saw, there are a lot of people from all parties who receive money, including Sir Keir Starmer. This was the one I saw in, in the entry. Sir Keir Starmer, I think, um, you know, a lot of the senior Tories are. And so it's just, you know, if, if they came into Parliament, as you say, with a jacket on, you know, bet 365 or something, you'd go, <laughs> oh, here we go. A bit like people that say there's no climate change and the Shell, BP, Ineos. All <laughs> oh, right, here we go. You know, um, it, it's, yeah, we're faced with this really weird thing. So, folks, aren't you lucky that you can just sit back and listen to us and know that it's 100% made? No, true. <laughs> well, interesting you mentioned the Gambling Act there. The Gambling Act 2005 was the legislation that, it really kind of changed everything, um, consolidation and so on and so on. Uh, and I know about that because at the time I was at, I was asked with the law firm I was working at to write up about it, how what impact it was going to have, et cetera, et cetera, and generally gather information. Um, and the general consensus was it is going to cause massive problems with gambling debts, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, uh, I mean, it's coming up for nearly 20 years ago that that, that act came through. But there's no denying that's exactly what's happened. It has caused untold problems. And that was the conclusion of the report. Not, not that just that I came up with, but lots of other people came up with. It didn't set out to do what it was meant to do. I mean, the only thing that anyone can see that's made any difference is when you see these adverts on the television, across the bottom, it scrolls along, you know, um, gamble sensibly, you know, act within limits and that sort of carry on. Bigambleaware.org. Yeah, it's, it's like, like oh, thing please. on cigarette packets. You know, when you're a smoker, they, they, after yeah. They just become blind to that. They don't even see it. I said that the other day. The guy was playing football and he, he had a cigarette packet. And on the front of it, it had some picture of a guy and an old man, you know, saying smoking ages you, blah, blah, blah. And I said to him, does that thing not bother you? And he, he actually said, do you know, I never even see it. I don't see it. He's just completely blind to it. Don't see it at all. No. And he's as he stood there puffing away at half time. <laughs> Good old fashioned footballer. <laughs> do you know, I after a while, my wife sort of goes, I can't believe you're still stepping over that stuff you left there on the floor. And I go, what stuff? And uh, <laughs> apparently I go blind for these things as well. <laughs> oh, well, that's another, that's another discussion we don't want to get into. <laughs> Anyhow, as people can probably gather now, the uh, the, the format of these uh, podcasts is Nigel and I tend to have 10, 15 minutes of catching up, rambling, and general uh, general middle-aged male therapy is what you call it and uh, then we'll get round to the subject because it is called the how to raise money podcast and we have to discuss things about how to raise money and we've covered all the usual stuff you know we've covered things like banking and how you approach with angels and all of that stuff is in the archives and you can see it and if you're uh, in any way interested in finding out about that stuff you can email us at hello at htrmoney.co.uk and we do get emails from our tens of listeners coming in um, an interesting uh, article caught my eye, and it was about, you know, how to raise money. Well, what is money? Uh, most people think about money as, well, you know, money, it's cash in hand, uh, you know, notes in me wallet, that sort of thing. Um, and in fact, we've mentioned 
central bank digital currency before. We talked about CDCs about two and a half years ago, Nigel, probably even three years ago. It seems to be gathering pace now, but at the time we talked about it. Um, but there was an interesting, uh, there have been some interesting statistics, and these are real statistics taken from uh, real sources about um, why we're turning our backs on cards and how cash is meant to be dead. But the number of notes in circulation has risen and, um, you know, all, all sort of stuff around that. But an interesting statistic that that I, I searched for was, well, I thought, well, all these notes, where do they come from? You know, who produces them? How much do they cost to produce and what do they get for them? And what I discovered was the Bank of England in England are the ones that sanction the printing of notes. And in terms of stats, only 3% of money in circulation in the world uh, and in the UK as well is in cash, uh, actual cash notes. And these notes are made by a company called Delarue and it's sanctioned by the Bank of England. And the notes cost not very much to make, but the Bank of England sells a £20 note for, drum roll, £20. It sells a £50 note for £50. It sells a £5 note for £5. But they all cost the same to make, and that is less than four pence. So the Bank of England make between 16 and 17 billion a year, just profit, that is, from printing banknotes. So who buys these banknotes? Well, other banks buy them. So the NatWest will buy them, you know, Lloyds will buy them, Santander, etc. The nationwide building site will buy them. They, they will buy these notes and then they put them into their cash machines. Uh, and incidentally, the number of cash machines since 2018, I think it was, has gone down by nearly 5,000. So it's 5,000 less cash machines. But Fewer. The, most, the most prolific uh, use of cash machines is at two places, not not two, two geographical locations, but two uh, groups, and that is uh, at Tesco and at ASDA. So people are going to Tesco and ASDA and they're drawing out money. Now, again, something interesting, statistics since 2018-19, is the average amount taken out of a cash machine has gone up from 30 quid. Well, it was actually 33 pounds. I don't know how they got that, but obviously they've averaged it out. 33 pounds to uh, 2022, where it was 82 pounds. So people are going to these machines, but they're taking out more cash than they would have done. And ASDA and the others are getting benefit from this. Now, also, if you remember, you used to go to a supermarket and they would say, would you like cash back? Do you remember that? And then they stopped saying that. They've stopped saying it. Would you like cash back? But the reason they wanted you to get cash back is so that you, you could take the notes away, which meant they didn't have to process them, which meant G4 or whoever didn't have to come and pick them up. And then, um, you know, transport them to the center to get all sorted out. And again, the number of notes in circulation is shot up, but also the the old um, cotton notes, as they called them, are now out of circulation because they were, you know, they were only a average use was something like 21 times. Whereas the polymer notes that we've now got, their, their average use is nearly 90 times. They can be circulated 90 times. And you think, well, why would they go out of circulation? Well, if a polymer note, if the corners of a polymer note get folded over, then they can't use them in ATM machines. So they take them out of circulation and then create sort of more to replace it. But they've got to be flat and they've got to be, the corners have got to be good. Otherwise they come out of circulation. But um, yeah, so the, the amount of cash has gone up and it's gone up from uh, something like 
uh, well, not something like the figures are 69 billion. So the banknotes in circulation, according to the Bank of England, um, in 2019, 69 billion. And at the end of 2023, 82 billion worth of banknotes in circulation. So they've gone up. And that's that's actual cash, fivers, tenors, twenties, fifties, and so on and so on. So it's about the equivalent of £2,882 for every household in the UK. So the question is, have you got that in your wallet? Have you got it under your mattress? Where is it? <laughs> cash is meant to be dying out. So what effectively is going on? Well, cash payments um, fell from being used in more than 80% of all transactions in the 1990s to 23% in 2019. And then one year later, that had plummeted, had plummeted to 15% after, do you remember we were all told, warned off handling money because it was spreading COVID and all the rest of it? Do you remember all that? Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so you yeah, had to that. throw your coins at people. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? It was like, yeah. oh, we don't take cash, you know, COVID and oh, for God's uh, sake. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. But um, yeah, pubs, restaurants, shops and all this, it all started to go cashless. And um yeah, we, it looked like we were at the, the dawn of a cashless you know, society. It was going to happen. But um, it has jumped up. It's vastly jumped up. Um, and uh, yeah, so, uh, I mean, even there's a the statistic that in 2022, £3.6 billion worth of rent in the United Kingdom was paid in cash. 3.6. billion was pay, paying bills, gas and electricity bills. And again, you think, well, how do they do that? But it's all done through, you know, the post office, uh, who are one of the main cash handlers, the post office doing all that. Um, but also they reckon that um, it seems now that people in the 18 to 24 uh, age group visit ATMs much more frequently than older age groups. And they've said that budgeting has is one of the main reasons. So there's been a lot of um, TikTok videos and all the rest of it. Are, they're called cash stuffing videos that have racked up billions of views, um, you know, for, for people using cash. And they said uh, a lot of it's to do with the mistrust of banks. You know, people think that banks, their their financial coat is on a shugly peg, as we would say in Scotland. Um, and obviously 2008, the crash, you know, that contributed to a lot of returning cash in America. And then we had the, the run, <coughs> excuse me, we had the run on um, Northern Rock, people wanting their cash out. Um, but you had an interesting... Um, an interesting event happened when you witnessed somebody trying to take cash out recently, didn't you? Uh, right. I couldn't believe this. Uh, no, I know. I, I was going in and <laughs> I needed to uh, move some money uh, to solicitors for a property transaction and I had to go in and do it. Now, I'd done it uh, to a different solicitor only a, a couple of weeks before. Mm -hmm. And I know that if you, you know, these things, the security things, if you set something up, you, you have a limit on a particular day before you can send another, say 5,000 yep. or something like that. So I knew that you couldn't do it. You couldn't set it up on the app and transfer it that day. So you've got to go into branch. Mm -hmm. So I managed to track down a branch that still existed um, which was uh, a job in itself. I just, I just, I went, I went to the branch, went in, queued up. Uh, you get hassled by someone who says, "What? Why are you in here? You know, can I help you?" And I went, <laughs> "And uh, are you just paying money in?" I said, "No, I'm doing a 
transaction on a business account between myself and a firm of solicitors. They looked at me blankly as if to say, does not compute, <laughs> don't know what that is. So they just went, oh, yes, you're in the right queue. Um, they'd no idea. Anyway, I, I get to the front and the person said, uh, you know, asked me the same question. I repeated it and they, and they said, oh, you know, you can do this on the app. And I said, no, you can't. Oh, yes, you can. If you get your phone out, we'll get the app. I went, no, uh, I can't. Um, and it was, well, why not? I said, well, you haven't asked me what my transaction is that you'd like me that I'd like to do. Oh, well, what are you wanting to do? Now, I'd had money transferred in to the account, which shouldn't have been. It should have gone straight to the solicitors. So this was like a six-figure sum. And so when I, when I wrote it down, because I said I'm not saying it out loud, I wrote it down and handed it to her, and she went, oh, yeah, yeah, that won't work. She said, although you can do it on the app. I said... You can't today, you can't set something up and transfer that much on the app. Ooh, why? I said, because you've got a five grand limit. So I've got to come in. Ooh, well, we'll have to do it as a chaps. I said, I know it's a money making scheme for you to get an extra fee. And uh, she went, oh, no, I don't think it is. Uh, I said, it is. It's a chaps paper. Do you, look, I said, do you want me to come around the other side and I'll do this? <laughs> and you stand there like the customer. <laughs> You know, I was, I did, obviously I didn't say that. I'm far too polite, but that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, my God, you're the business expert. Well, you, you're in the bit. Everyone pointed. As soon as I mentioned business bank, they pointed to you. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm faffing around, filling it in. And yet again, they completed the forms incorrectly. So I had to do them again. Um, because as they were doing it, I said, are you sure you should be doing that? Oh, yes, this is how we do it. And then... When it wouldn't go through, we had to do it all again. So it, it takes about 45 minutes. Anyway, there was a lady who came up to the counter who um, English wasn't her first language uh, because, you know, she she made a request. And, and I, sorry, just to this this woman was a customer. A customer. <laughs> yeah. And you said she came up the counter and English wasn't her first language. Oh, right. No, sorry. Make sure which side of the customer. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, just, I'd say a middle-aged lady came up, asked the, uh, the person at the counter, um, you know, here's my account, please can I have, and it was some odd amount, like £624 or something. And the mm. woman just looked up and just said, why? And uh, why? obviously, yeah, why? sort of why? Why do you want to withdraw that much money? Uh -huh. And the woman obviously you know, I had no idea what the woman was asking her. So in true English style, the woman behind the counter repeated it just louder. And, you know, this poor woman looked a bit bemused and she just handed her details over and her ID and her bank stuff and just, and just said again, you know, could I have this cash? Well, what are you going to buy with it? Said the woman behind the counter. Again, this lady had no idea what she was asking. And I was thinking, why is she being interrogated about wanting to withdraw her own money? Yeah. You know, as cash, it was just a really odd thing. Anyway, she point blank refused. And she said, uh, you're going to have to get someone who can translate because we want to know what you're doing with this cash. It's a large sum of money. And I'm thinking I'm stood alongside her 
looking at something maybe a thousand times bigger and they're not batting an eyelid with mm -hmm. me. And I thought, I wonder if this is a, a wee bit of racism, a bit of something, or are they under instruction from head office to do something else? I, it was all a bit distasteful. Anyway, as I'm doing my stuff, oh, they moved off to the side and she had to phone a friend, a bit like who wants to be a millionaire sort of thing, is the question what's this who's this person and why do they want this cash and you could just hear because they put it on loudspeaker as well <laughs> and no privacy or anything and this voice at the other end said she comes down to this bank you know on a regular basis to pay you know to get some money to pay for things you know wh what do you mean why can't you give her it oh well you're gonna have to come down to the bank as well and confirm what she wanted for. And it, and at that point I was leaving, but I just thought, gosh, this is really weird. They, they were refusing her, you know, withdrawing her money. Whether she was a, a mastermind criminal or not, isn't it weird, Ray, that you go into the bank and you say, I've got an account with you. Here's my proof as to who I am. There's money in there. I'd like it out. And the bank want to know what you're spending it on. Man. Before they'll give you it, I, I was really quite shocked. But, but I did. Um, <laughs> I saw one one where a business guy was in, and he was trying to withdraw three grand, and the, and they they said, "What's it for?" And he said, "I'm having gender reassignment surgery, and this is a deposit." And, How would you like your cash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, it's crazy. It's crazy. It, it, I mean, what you, you've what got the hell's it got to do with them? It, well, exactly. You've got to give notice if you want to draw anything out uh, in cash. You know, what's it for and jump through hoops and all this kind of carry on. Um, and it, it, the answer is simply they don't have the cash. They do not carry that amount of cash around anymore. Um, and why that is, is um, because they're trying to train. I think they're they are nudging everybody. This is the, you know, you've heard of the nudge unit before, the behavioral insights team. They're trying to nudge everyone towards digital currency. Um, because if you are using uh, bank money and transferring money around and using your touch card, you know, every time you go that when you use contactless, it actually costs the retailer more than if you use cash. It costs them a lot more. Um, it can be anything from point, point 0.2 to 2% that it will cost them. And um, every time that money gets circulated, Lo and behold, it all ends up back in the bank, in the hands of the bank. So there was some study done. Um, chap did it where he started off in January, you know, with a hundred quid, and he purchased something, and then he, you know, they used it and they moved it and moved it and moved it and so on. So by August, uh, with bank charges and fees, it had all gone back to the bank. <laughs> Everything. So hundred quid wasn't wasn't worth anything. Whereas if you used cash and the cash circulated, the cash was still valued at a hundred quid. So. They're, they're moving and nudging us in that direction of using digital currency, um, which apparently will not come with charges attached. So that seems to be where it's going. We did speak about this in detail in a previous uh, episode, so we'll not cover it again here. But um, safe to say that quite a lot of um, retailers and groups are starting to push for using cash. And it shows in the statistics. It's interesting that in the article I read, they quoted that um, GB News had a campaign to keep cash, keep using cash. 
But I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but whenever they, and it's just a sort of mild irritant, but whenever they mention GB News, and I, one way or another, I couldn't, you know, bother about them. They're, they're a news channel like everyone else. But they always say right-wing news channel, GB News. You never see them saying left-wing news channel, Channel 4. You know, it's just quite odd. I just thought that was quite interesting. Anyway, QI. Yeah, I was going to say, I never get around to watching um, other news channels. Um, you know, predominantly because it's too far, too many buttons to press to get to whatever they're on, <laughs> 5006 or whatever. I'm so lazy. You know, I, I just know, press I one. Just press one, exactly. Yeah, one, BBC, that's it. Two, BBC two, three. Yeah, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm always quite horrified. The test card isn't there playing the national anthem because I'd stand up and salute. Um, and it's, it's, it's one of these things. Here's the thing, though, folks. If, if you're thinking I'm going to raise money with a cash business, um, well, the principal, <laughs> principal assumption is these days that you're money laundering. Um, so whether it's genuine or not, whether you've got a small business or not, whether you're a, you know, a hairdresser, a nail bar, uh, a car wash or anything like that, you know, the assumption is that you, anyone dealing in cash is trying to do something off the books, off the record, mm -hmm. because obviously digital currency, you'll be able to track it, making tax digital, effectively, you'll have all your transactions uh, viewable and you, everyone will have instant access to what's going on and how much tax you owe and all the rest of it. The, is cash going to get be got rid of? Well, it will, but in a roundabout way, Ray. So if somebody said, if you were looking for an investor and they said, yeah, I've got 50,000 here, it says cash. I tell you what, there's not a lot you can do with it because solicitors won't accept it for the purchase mm -hmm. of a house. Mm -hmm. They'll have a limit of 500 quid or something. It's tiny. Um, you won't be able to go to the bank to pay it in because they'll want to know where it's come from. And, uh, you know, I think the way that they're going to get around cash is they're going to make it almost too hot to handle in mm. anything other than, you know, 50 quid's worth. Um, if you remember back, Ray, when the, the euro came out, so just 20 odd years ago, and they yep. made a 500 euro note, they said that money laundering and movement of cash around the EU became so easy because in a small briefcase, you could carry a couple of million or something uh, because <laughs> of 500 euro notes. And, and I tell you what, those bloody boulangeries in France, if you want to buy a croissant with a 500 euro note, they really do get sniffy. <laughs> um. I love that when uh, there was a there was a story that when it came out, the um, the euro came out, there was some somebody somewhere had printed a thousand euro note. Now they don't exist. Okay, they don't exist. But the, they followed a trail of these all across Europe at hotels, petrol stations, where the guys you know was handing over a thousand euros and obviously getting change. You know, so you buy seventy euros worth of fuel, give them a thousand euro note, get all the change. And it went right across Europe in a sort of two slash three month spending spree. <laughs> and they reckon he got away with a couple of million. <laughs> he or she, whoever it was. But actually it's brilliant, brilliant. And while we're on that subject, there was another story way back. Do you remember you used to go into a branch and you would pick up a bank gyro credit slip back in the old days and you would fill it out 
with whatever you were paying in. So you're paying in 500 quid or something like that, and you'd hand it to the teller. They would put it through the machine. It would scan through. She'd count out the money, and then she'd stamp the, and tear off the end and give you the little bit of receipt. Do you remember all that back oh, yeah. in olden days? Yeah. Well, there was that was banking across the Western world. That's how it worked. But in New York in 1992 or 93, I'd have to look it up, there was somebody went round all the branches changing the bank gyro credit slips. So they had printed their own because if you remember, right across the bottom, there's that light that says, do not write below this line. And there's a whole load of numbers there, space age style numbers. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember those? Right? Yeah. Well, he, he changed those to his own bank. So he went around all these branches and for a sort of three, four, five day period, every and, and what happens with those is they go to a consolidated account. That's how they were they were doing within the branch. So if you paid your money into into Chase Manhattan or whatever it was, Chase Manhattan had a consolidated account where it would all go, it would sit, and then it would move out to wherever it was meant to go after that. So he he had he had the consolidated account for all the banks. And it was some horrendous amount of money that that was stolen, <laughs> effectively. And that's when they started to phase that out because it could happen again. <laughs> so there well, we so are. How to raise money. Yeah. <laughs> they, did, they did a good one in Leeds a, a number of years ago. The cash points were in the sort of uh, lobby bit of the bank. And at night, you could go into that lobby so you weren't stood in the rain sort of thing. And there were a bank of four or five things and someone had the bright idea of um putting a little uh what looked like a keypad entry and they put a little sign saying swipe your card and enter your pin number to get access to the cash point area <laughs> the door wasn't locked so obviously yeah. no one tried the door they just put their skim uh, you know whatever yeah. it is did their card skim put in card. their pin number and uh, went in well, someone then came along about an hour later with hundreds of these things, all in this little box, took the box away, cloned the cards, and then proceeded to just empty everyone's account. And it, it was just, <laughs> and I was thinking, they're the sort of people you go, all right, yeah, you shouldn't have done that. Let's hand all the money back. But do you want to come and work for us? Because that's brilliant. You know, mm. that's clever. Let's get clever people working on the right side of things. But there you go. But no, if, if folks, if, if you're wanting to raise money and you're looking at cash, the trouble is, where do you get rid of the cash? Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's hard. And I think, Ray, the way that it'll, it'll work is it'll you'll be unable to spend cash. That's how they'll do it. Um, so whether you want to use cash or not, they, they will do it. And I always love these stats where it sort of goes, well, 102.3% of people say they prefer doing it digitally. And you go, well, I'm guessing you didn't ask the over 60s age group or whatever, or the over 75s, or those that are unable to, you know, uh, do these sort of things or access it or have phones or have broadband or internet or Wi-Fi or codes or passwords or the knowledge to do all these things. It's just, I don't know. Where are we going with this episode? I think we just wanted to, you know, have a rant, vent a bit, didn't we? Well, the the five hundred euro note has been out of circulation. Oh, it's not; it's still in circulation, but they haven't printed any since April twenty nineteen. But it continues to be legal tender. It is the highest value circulating banknote in the world, worth about five hundred and forty dollars or four hundred and eighty pounds sterling. So it's still still in circulation, uh, but they're not printing any more. So there we go. And yeah. on that um, 
polymer banknote bombshell. I have been Ray McLennan. <laughs> I'm still Nigel T. Best. We'll <laughs> see, well, hopefully we'll see you again after that, Ray. I don't know if anyone's coming back. <laughs> All right. Good luck. Bye-bye. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the How to Raise Money podcast. It's made for people who want to raise money as debt or investment equity for their business or property proposal or empire. The website has all the useful links and underlying research, and you can get downloads of the checklists and other useful information. See you next time, where we can show you how to raise money. There is abundance. There is money enough for everyone on the planet. The question is, who has yours?